From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Today we're visiting with Mary Jo Torello about Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month, which is taking place in January. Mary Jo, thanks very much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, George. Now, what do you feel motivates newcomers to try skiing or snowboarding, and actually what deters them from that as well? You know, it's really interesting. Um, most people who want to learn how to ski and snowboard, and this is according to research done by an organization called RRC Associates out of Boulder, uh, who have done something they call the Beginner Conversion Study, it's more of a verification of what um, people in the industry probably intuitively thought, but at least now there's some data to substantiate it. And the motivating factors, quite frankly, are to spend more time with friends and family members who already ski or snowboard. And then another big motivator is people just personally wanted to try the sports, um, what, you know, because maybe they were influenced by a friend or family member who was already participating or some other factor. But those are really the two main reasons why people say, and beginners, I'm talking beginners here, said they wanted to learn how to ski and snowboard. So and another really... motivating factor, excuse me, but another motivating factor was they wanted to get outside in the wintertime. You know, people are, are a little sedentary in the winter, and skiing and snowboarding gives people something to do in the outdoors, which is why our slogan is humans were never meant to hibernate. So we tried to play on that. So there really is a reason behind Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month, not just a, a a spin name for a given month. Oh, no, there's definitely a reason for a, uh, Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month. And it, and it was really started uh, back in 2009, January of 2009, by uh, resort associations in different parts of the country. Um, for example, uh, Ski Utah and Ski Vermont, states that had uh, a lot of ski areas uh, wanted to come up with a way to get the point across that you don't have to sit around in the wintertime, you know, and, and you know, play cards or twiddle your thumbs. You know, you can get out there and do something. And that's really how the program got started in the first place. Now, we've said this many times on our show, but I mean, really view instructors as the face of a resort. How important is that first impression for a newcomer? Uh, especially in regard to the instructor, but really how they feel with their overall experience at a resort? Well, you know, it's it's just like um, anything else. If you've never done something before, you're probably a little bit intimidated at first, and especially if you've never been to a ski area. I think a lot of us in the industry kind of take for granted uh, what the beginner knows uh, because we've been around it so much for many years. But Frankly, that first impression that the instructor makes is paramount because, again, in that study that I was talking about, um, the when they asked the question, uh, what did you like best about your first day learning how to ski or snowboard, and the answer was the instructor. And when the question was asked, what did you like least about your first day learning to ski and snowboard, the answer was the instructor. And so, Obviously, the power of an instructor who's good and personable and can get the point across and knows how to relate to beginners is extremely important. Now, Mary Jo, very interesting answers. Did any more information come out about that, uh, specifically what can instructors do to really provide a good experience for that newcomer, first-timer? 
Well, the first timer is is such a different customer than uh, than uh, somebody who's been involved. There there was a program a few years ago, and I'm I'm not sure if it still exists out at Park City, where they really looked at um, how to treat the beginner and make them feel like a VIP, including giving them a different color lift ticket, for example, so that everybody at the resort um, could would know that that person was a first timer. You know, you have Areas like Awachusett, for example, in Boston, which is near Boston, about an hour or so uh, west, uh, who get a lot of people who are trying skiing and snowboarding for the first time. They have done an incredible amount of research on um, tracking that beginner and, and tracking their behavior patterns. And that's another thing that this RRC study is doing. They want to follow that beginner over a period of time and figure out as they, as they progress, you know, what is it, what is that relationship with an instructor, for example, that is going to be important? You know, unfortunately, people that don't, in terms of why people don't come back, it isn't necessarily the instructor. It has more to do with having time to participate, um, accessibility, getting to a ski area, knowing where they are. Um, cost comes out quite frequently among uh, the beginners, especially. Uh, and that's an issue that I think the industry needs to work on. We do a great job of catering to people who are already involved um, in skiing and snowboarding. Uh, but I think there are a number of people that would agree that we probably could focus a little bit more energy on defining that beginner, understanding the relationship between beginners and instructors, and really providing the kind of experience and the information that beginners need, not only to make them feel comfortable the first time, but to want them to come back again and again, uh, and making sure they realize how affordable some of these learning programs are. Um, you know, there are several states that have statewide uh, learn-to programs, uh, particularly in January. Uh, Vermont is one of them. New Hampshire is one of them. Uh, there are some in the Pacific Northwest and Utah and they're very uh, affordable, $39, $49, and starting from there. There are incentives um, where if you participate in a multi-lesson program uh, and you graduate, quote-unquote, you're el- eligible for a, a season pass. Those are all incentivizing programs that obviously the ski school plays a huge role in making sure people who want to try the sports understand what the offers are for them. Now, how do you target the uh, general participating audience that uh, we want to have come up to our areas? Is it nationwide? Well, the, like I said, the, the, it, this is the Learn to Ski and Snowboard and Bring a Friend program. And the Bring a Friend piece is really important because most people, uh, the flip side of wanting to learn because friends and family members participate also means that it's probably going to be a friend or family member that will bring a newcomer to the sports. And again, a focus on bring a friend programs, which we have really stressed over the last couple of years, I think is, is key. Uh, we obviously do uh, PR outreach. We use social media quite a bit. We work in conjunction with the PSIA national office in, in, in Lakewood uh, to push out our messaging and we've actually used the beginner conversion study results uh, for our, our PR efforts. So our press releases that we send out are directly related to those issues that have been discovered in the beginner conversion study. And 
I think anybody that is dealing with getting new customers really would do themselves a favor by by taking a look at that study and figuring out the messaging that is necessary um, to have an impact on people who are newcomers. Um, we do provide some incentives in our program. Um, the Bring a Friend Challenge is something that motivates people who are already involved to bring newcomers and if they do so and they help them sign up for lessons from a pro, and that's key. We always stress lessons from a pro. They can win some very cool prizes from some of our product supplier uh, partners. And then we also incentivize newcomers through social media. Uh, we have a program called First Day Faces, and we have prizes for people who take photos of themselves having a great time their first day and we post them on our website. And so we work in conjunction with ski schools at individual resorts and also to the PSIA office to push that information out into the public. So it's a, it's a huge cross marketing job. Um, but I think the key to our success is partnerships and not only what we're doing in regard in relationship to PSIA, but what the ski schools at individual resorts can do in conjunction with their uh, management and also their marketing and communications teams, because nobody has a huge budget, you know, but we're all trying to do the same thing. So when we can find common ground, that is really an important way uh, to attract the attention of people who are interested in the sports. And any more thoughts on marketing to the newcomer uh, early season in summer, we see lots of uh, great prices advertised for season passes, uh, really to get people to come back. Those are people that are experienced, but maybe not so much on the person who has never gone before. Well, that's that's true. Um, and it also uh, depends on what part of the country you're living in. If you're living in New England, for example, um, and to your point, if you're already involved in the sports, getting a season pass or an epic pass or the max pass. Those are all great deals, you know, for people who have accessibility, but accessibility was one of the issues that beginners brought up as a deterrent. Um, I think that the, the amount of, if, if the amount of energy that was put to uh, selling season passes to people who are already involved would be diverted just a little bit to figuring out in a better way, how to attract newcomers and how to keep them, uh, and maybe doing the thought process at the same time. Um, I got a lot of emails in the spring for season passes, but uh, trying to formulate what your learn to programs are from one year to the next sometimes is a challenge for some areas. And again, partnerships with resort associations give individual resorts kind of a, a double whammy, if you will. It, 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 people can have their own learn to programs, but if they, also offered in conjunction with a statewide program, that's even better because more information is getting out into the marketplace. You know, it's pretty easy to market to somebody who's already doing something, whether it's skiing or snowboarding or something else. Getting newcomers obviously costs more money, but it, it, it behooves the industry to do it because the average spend of a person skiing or snowboarding is about $97 according to uh, RRC. Uh, we've probably, not me personally, but our, our partner resorts have introduced over that period of time, the program's been in existence, uh, about 800 and more than 850,000 people to the sports. So if you, even with a dropout rate, if you multiply that times 97 average, we figure it's anywhere in the neighborhood of $8 million to $14 million in revenue 
that has been pumped into the industry as a result of this collective effort known as Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month. Now we're 17 days away from the 1st of January, which is the beginning of Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month. Uh, I assume this is a pretty busy time for you, but what is your busiest time of year really doing promotion for this? Well, this is this is it. This is crunch time. Um, I, different times of the year we spend doing different things. You know, I really start in earnest in the summer, uh, contacting people, making sure we, the partners are coming back, uh, getting information from partners. If we could get one or two programs in September, it would be great. Uh, and we do get some, but unfortunately, uh, like I said before, people have a tendency to procrastinate a little bit. I'm certainly one of them. Um, but, and I just today got three more, um, offers for January from a couple of ski areas out in the Pacific Northwest area. Um, but it's, it's fairly busy all year round. We have a lot of conferences in the fall that we do, um, to let people know what's going on with these programs. And, um, I don't think there's too much downtime. It's, it's a couple of people have said, well, it's only one month, but they know the preparation that goes into planning just, just for a month full of, of programs. And I think the, um, the first weekend in January, which we're really pushing, and this is our big promotional push right now, we're calling Bring a Friend Weekend, and we're, we're encouraging areas to help us get that word out because, again, because most people learn through a friend or family member, um, capitalize on your current clients and encourage them to bring newcomers to the area for uh, a lesson or a lesson program over that first weekend. And, you know, the other, the other piece about having this program in January, um, although it seems a little bit odd to some because the days are shorter, it's a little bit chillier. Um, if you can get somebody, most people are consumers, especially those who are not involved, are really busy in December getting ready for Christmas. So it's hard to get those folks to come to Asteria for the first time. After the new year, it's a whole different ball game. And having a big push that first weekend, January 5th through the 7th, builds momentum for the rest of the month. And if we can get newcomers to come during that month of January, the chances of them coming back more than once over the course of the winter is far greater than doing a program like this in March. And I think the Pacific Northwest areas with their easy ski one, two, three programs or guaranteed to ski programs have a, um, the right idea because they're, they've geared their programs to a three-time trial. And, and some of those are the ones that offer season passes if you complete that three-time trial. That's really the tipping point, I think, and, and according to industry research, that seems to be the magic number. I'm not saying it works everywhere, but certainly seems to be working in that part of the country. And anything you'd like to leave us with in conclusion as PSIA, ASI members, that we can do to really help Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month? Well, I think the most important thing, George, as I said, is to make sure that PSIA uh, instructors through their ski schools, ski and snowboard schools, are working hand-in-glove with the communications and marketing people at their individual resorts. You know, I hear many people say we tend to work in silos, and that's I think that's human nature, so to speak. But to have the team be supported by upper management and have the ski school folks and the marketing PR communications folks working together to create an effective program based on their marketplace because it does differ in different parts of the country uh, and then 
work with us on the national level. When I say us, it's I'm the only paid staff person, but I work with so many partners throughout the industry. And that, what I just described, is another form of a partnership. So I think partnerships are key. So that, that would be my main message that I would say to folks. Mary Jo Torello, Executive Director, Learn to Ski and Snowboard, Bring a Friend. Thank you very much for joining us on First Chair. Thank you so much, George. I really appreciate it, and have a happy holiday. And a very happy holiday to you as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.